Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 185. Wait. Wait. Nope. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a more breaker. Strict plan ain't to board. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 185 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Michael J. Potty, joined, as always, by Mark Schwann. Mark, you ready for tonight? Oh, I am so ready for tonight. So long as you get my name right, Putty. I, I said it once, I'll say it again. It's Hollywood Mark Schwann. Okay. Let's try it again. It's not, it's not a set. You you're not directing a set here. It's my show. <sighs> this is how you treat all your guests? This is... This Just the ones I don't like. You're very disrespectful. You know that? Treat others how you want to be treated yourself, so if this shit out, you can't take it? I, I don't even know what that means. How's your week? Swell, actually. Very busy. Swell. You don't hear many people use the word swell these days. Yeah, well, I'm a one of a kind. The Schwann and only. Great. <laughs> How was your week, buddy? My week's pretty good. A lot of good things happened this week. Yeah? Like what? I can't think of anything. <laughs> that good, huh? It wasn't pretty good. I was like, all right, let me talk about my, let me talk about my week this week, because it's pretty good, and I just can't think of anything. Wah, wah. Fail. It was pretty good. Oh, I, I bought some stuff from Amazon.com. Okay. What'd you get? I need a new car, a phone holder in my car. Mm-hmm. The other one was kind of shitty. I need a new uh, charger for my phone. And I got an email saying I got 90-day free Amazon Prime Music Unlimited. Oh, wow. Cool. As Amazon Prime member, you get access to Amazon Music. We got to pay more money to get the unlimited music, which is a racket, if you ask me. Always a way to try to get more money. But on Amazon Unlimited... They have every single song, every album of Garth Brooks. Are you really a Garth Brooks fan? <laughs> the GOAT, number one of all time. Ugh. So I've been doing that for the last two days, listening to nonstop Garth Brooks music. I mean, that's why I'm feeling so great. <laughs> also ran into the beautiful, lovely queen herself, Nia Kennedy, this week. Yeah? Love Nia Kennedy. I ran into my her. girl. I was getting lunch during work. I was coming out of the pizza place, and there she was. With no her, way. With her very beautiful friend. Who she didn't introduce me to, but whatever. It was Nia gives great hugs. She's I, the best. I needed the hug that day, and she gave me a great hug. So shout out to Nia Kennedy. She was going to the city with her friends to hang out. And um, have you spoken to her recently? She was just messaging me today, actually. Oh, you guys, so, about... so you guys made up? We made up because she said she was mad at you. She wasn't talking to you. What? Why would she say that? There's some beef going on between you two. No, there's no oh, beef. Okay, that, that's what she said. What? She told me about what? Um. Last week, episode 184, we did our personal favorite factions, and the Satsushin Squad wasn't on your list. She felt very slighted and very disrespected. The Satsushin Squad is always on my list, instead for you the pick, record. Instead, you picked NWO. The NW- okay, but that's between you two. Maybe you kissed up and made up. I don't know. I, I don't dare your dirty laundry. But how have you guys made up? Oh, 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 this is news to me. Well, to clear the air, I want to speak a little bit more about that. Yes, the Satsujin Squad is my number one. Uh, is that a commercial for the Satsujin Squad? Jesus. You're just going to bring that up and you're just going to cut me right off? Is that how we work here? Yes. What is this, Ms. TV? Damn right. <laughs> you wish. 
I do wish. I do wish. <laughs> Actually, speaking of the Satsushin Squad, you, you're talking about how you got some new stuff. Some new, uh, I got myself a nice new outfit for, oh, B, for BWF for Fort Apache. Okay. Oh, I am excited for this, my man. The anniversary is WrestleMania. You got to dress nice. It's long the ninth ninth anniversary. Nine years in the making. Yep. Nine years in the making, and we have a huge match. What did they do for the first eight and a half years without us? You know what? That's a good question. See, okay. we promised change through violence, and what happened through that change, Putty? Me and you, me and you are doing commentary for BWF, but there's no violence involved. It was, but we've taken the championships from. Pretty much every person except for the Cruiserweight Championship. We, we're leaving that to Chris Cage. Yeah, going for it, huh? I am not a competitor. Maybe the other member. Maybe Dom. Maybe, maybe the other member. Dom or the uh, Shotgun Chain can get it. Let me shotgun. I'm going to ignore that. But okay. Dominic De Niro, he's got his eye on it. Weight. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. He is cutting weight. He's looking good, right? I think Shotgun can do it. He's the general manager. Just give it to himself, right? What's your fascination with Shotgun Shane? I, I don't Shotgun get Shane it. Adams, the, gen, the quote-unquote general manager of BWF, was supposed to have a two-on-one handicap match against BX Strong. Yeah. And now yeah. it's a three-on-two handicap match? You got some two other goons? No, he, like, they, they, it, what was promised, you see, is a handicap match, and that's no, what no, we're getting. We're getting a two-on-one handicap, handicap match. You, you thought you were getting a two-on-one match because you no, hear no, the word I, handicap match, and that's what you think. But no, no, Shotgun Shane, in all his wisdom, he... Shane Fair said two on one. The well, real, the real Shane, the real Shane. Well, maybe Shane Fair, and with all due respect, maybe he misspoke. You watch your mouth when you talk about Shane Fair. I love Shane. Obviously, you don't. You just disrespected him. I didn't disrespect him. I, I'm, th- I'm saying maybe he misspoke. Maybe he assumed he the same thing that you assumed that it was just going to be two on one. But no, it was a handicap match. Three on two was still a handicap match. It's just not the way that BX Strong thought it was going to be. No big deal. Tattoo Squad wins again. This has nothing to do with... Okay. with anyway, let's move on. Ready for Halloween? Any Halloween plans? I actually do not have any Halloween plans yet. Uh, what I about got, you? I got something come up last minute. I got to find a costume. I can't walk into a store and get a costume, so I got to think of something. I got a week. Let's see what happens. Uh, Mark, yeah, that's all I got. You ready to uh, get something news? A lot of stuff happened this week. I don't know if you heard what happened. Well, yeah, we got to get right into this, man. Let's do it up. All right, Mark. I think it's safe to say the biggest news story this week was after four months, Bruce Pritchard has replaced Eric Bischoff as executive director of SmackDown. I don't think many people were surprised by that. I think it was inevitable that was going to happen. I love Eric Bischoff. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of his work. But unfortunately, it seems like it was just one of those cases, like, you know, in football, when you see, like, you know, coaches coming back to mm-hmm. coach a team after such a long period of time that the game kind of passed them by. Yeah. It seemed like that was the case with Eric Bischoff from basically from the grapevine that I've been hearing. He, he admitted that he wasn't really in touch with, like, the product now. No. Oh. was taking time to, to learn it. And, yeah, un- unfortunately, it seemed like... Uh, you know, Eric Bischoff was just not the right fit at this time for his role on SmackDown. WWE confirmed the news in a press release saying Bischoff is no longer with the company and has been replaced by Pritchard. Eric Jade. Eric Jaden. <laughs> Got Jaden on your mind, huh? 
Eric Bischoff issued the following statement, saying, and I quote, Bruce is a great producer, great friend, and I'm certain he's going to thrive in this position. He's going to be working with a great team and the most dedicated, hardworking people I've had the pleasure of working with and get, getting to know. It seems like he knew. Bischoff also, knew. like he's living on good terms. Yeah. But it's kind of surprising. A lot of people are surprised by this. Though. And I'm sure since he wasn't an on-air talent, he's an uh a no comp- uh, he doesn't have like a no compete clause yeah, or anything like that because he was an employee, right? Right. So one has to like wonder, you know, does he go back to TNT? Does he go to AEW? Maybe I don't, I don't a- think so. Maybe as an on air personality. I don't think so. I think they tried that with TNA or Impact, whatever it was called at the time, and uh, that didn't work out too well. And if you keep reporting for the last four months, he's going to be starting soon. He's working a couple days. Just something like his heart wasn't really in it. Right. So I I don't think he's really in... He didn't keep up with the product at all. So I don't think he really cares about the wrestling industry anymore. Maybe he's, not. But he, what was his... He had a podcast, right? He still, had, he still has a podcast. He talks about a lot of personal stuff. What, what was it about then? If it's not about... It's it's 84, 84 weeks, I think it's called. He talks about when the time... Monday Night Wars. Oh, so he just talks about his time... Yeah, I don't know if he still does, or if he talks about more personal stuff now. I don't know. What he, I don't listen to it, so I don't know. Right? Maybe you guys let us know. Dial it up six one nine three four three three zero zero five or inbox at wrestling dot com. That was really fast. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's done with wrestling. He's focused on TV and movies now. He's doing his production company. I think he, he doesn't need this. That doesn't sound like it. And you know, Bruce Pritchard. I mean, he's got a great mind for the industry, and he knows how to deal with Vince. And uh, he's obviously kept in touch with the product. He knows what works and he knows what doesn't work. So, you know, Bruce Pritchard, it seems like he was doing the job already from what yeah. it sounds like. So it's a logical choice. Brian Alvarez reports is that Bischoff really didn't do anything in his role. He didn't do anything to stand out. He didn't go out of his way to learn about anybody or anything. He would leave early. No one can get a hold of him. Apparently he was always at the catering. Yeah. People who worked for him wanted to quit. An anonymous WWE officials told for FW Online, so anonymous, not really too reliable. He said, and I quote, Eric had absolutely no vision once we were headed to Fox. That's crazy. I mean, like... It doesn't sound like him. I thought he, but he just, like I said, he doesn't seem to care. Maybe, yeah, maybe his heart just really isn't into it. Or, you know, maybe it was just more so about, you know, maybe he had a vision for something and Fox had a different vision maybe. for something he gave up. Who knows? That could be the case too. Such, they said it's such a stark contrast because Paul Heyman's such hands-on, but Eric Bischoff didn't really wasn't too hands-on. Well, Paul Heyman, he's never left though. No, that's true. And, you know, like Eric, I almost said Eric Jaden as well. Right. Uh, Eric Bischoff. One has to wonder. You know, as much as I love Eric Bischoff, his success on Nitro was it a fluke? Because like struck you know, when light, right, the lightning struck at the right time. Could it have been? I, I don't necessarily know. Maybe because when he went to TNA, like I said, that didn't really work out as well as they thought it would. Right. So maybe you're right. Right. And But meanwhile, Paul Heyman, you know, he really created the Attitude Era. WWE stole that from him. You know, he had a great... Uh, you one of those? I think he stole it from him. What a mark. Well, like, here's the thing. I mean, Paul Heyman, he never had the money that WWE has. You know, he did the he best... Like gave him some. He did the best he could with what he had. He did a very damn good job with it. And it was, it was WWE eventually do. They wind up hiring Paul Heyman because they see what a great mind that he had. And he kept it going. Yeah. And, you know, same thing what he did with UFC. Um, you know, he 
he actually did a promo work for a lot of fighters in UFC as well. True. And he has his own business, Heyman Hustle. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul Heyman has been around in history, I think, longer than Eric Bischoff has as well. He started off as a photographer. That's for, right. Way back when. Way back when. You know, is a senior. He was like in the. He was like a just a kid, pretty much. Basically, right? yeah. Yeah. So Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was a genius in the fact that uh, he had a one man commentary booth. Yeah. What a great what a great concept. Uh, what what? Want to move on? <laughs> I just picked up what you're trying to say here. <laughs> the big draft happened this week. Not talking about the XFL draft. The uh, WWE draft wrapped up on Raw. Any big surprises? Any thoughts? Any comments? I'm actually surprised Charlotte went to Raw. Me too. I thought she was going to SmackDown. Yeah. There's some reasoning behind who went where. Carmella and R-Truth were broken up. Makes sense, because USA invented the 24-7 title. Right. I guess we won't be seeing that on SmackDown anymore. And Carmella, of course, is dating Corey Graves. Right. Happy to see they're keeping the couples together. It makes sense. Yeah. I uh, For a while, they weren't doing that. No I'm way. happy for the wrestlers, because it obviously creates for a happier environment for them. Yeah. But as a fan, it makes it a little bit more predictable. Yeah, that's true. So it's double-edged sword, but you know what? Obviously, you know, you want them to be happy because they're going to give you overall the better product. Paul Heyman got most of his picks, except for Brock Lesnar, who Fox apparently wanted, because they will not be getting Ronda Rousey just yet. There's some speculation that Lesnar is a placeholder, and when Ronda comes back, Brock Lesnar will go to Raw. But what does that mean for Paul Heyman, though, since he is on Raw? I don't think anything. He's still going to be on SmackDown. Yeah? Okay. He's the advocate. He has to be. Brock can't talk. I mean, he can. Not really. Not well. <laughs> we can all speak, buddy. Well, the most big, of us can. The big surprise was Humberto Carrillo. Apparently, they, they view him as a big deal. Yeah. I, he, he got drafted early, too. Right. Like with, with third round? Right. Um, I don't really know too much about him, honestly. I know nothing about this guy. But I guess we'll find out. I'm trying to think what, what other surprises there were. Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black are Paul Heyman guys. They went to Raw. Baron Corbin went to SmackDown because he was an Eric Bischoff guy. Eric Bischoff was very high on him. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Now, what we just talked about, Eric Bischoff wasn't really too involved. So I don't know how that went. But That's actually news to me. I, I don't remember hearing anything about that. Oh, you're welcome. So, but uh, King B- Corbin yeah. is, is kind of catching on in his role as a, as a King of the Ring winner. I think he catches on all his roles. You know, I wasn't a fan of his GM role at all. Everyone hated it. He was so boring and bland, but I think he made the most of it. I think he owned it. Mm. Yeah, I think he did a good job with that. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily know about that. He but was so boring. It, it was good. I, everyone so hated him. Do you, do you think John Laurinaitis was good at uh, his role as, a, as a, the raw GM back in the day? Uh, he wasn't. He got over. I mean, he was boring. It was a boring role. Yeah, but he got over and made the most of it. Mm. And fans reacted to it either hot or negatively. I don't know, but I I gotta say uh, what Baron Corbin doing right now as a king of the ring and everything, even going into that tournament, he's doing a much better job. I feel like he's hitting his stride right now. The Corbin didn't get drafted because apparently Dave Meltzer notes that Creative only had plans for him up until Hell in a Cell, so he was signed to SmackDown as a free agent. Raw is loaded with talent that is not really over, and is now Heyman's goal to ensure he can make bigger names of talents, such as the guys we just mentioned. Murphy Black and Car- Carrillo. So I guess Paul Heyman wants to stack his show with younger talents, huh? Yeah, not a bad idea. Why not? He has you know, three hours try- to kill. Try to give Raw a fresher, uh, fresher look. Two hours to work with in SmackDown for that roster. 
and I got I, I'm still blown away by the production value with Fox what they're doing it for it. Um, very blue, but yeah, it, it just feels like Fox. It feels like a bigger deal. I noticed some new camera angles tonight. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm digging it. Um, I saw for the first time that Fox Sports thing that they do where they show you what they're hosting. Right, NASCAR, World Series, yeah, uh, college football, WWE SmackDown. Like, wow, they really went all in on this. Yeah, but then next week they're going to FS1. One guy who wasn't drafted, or I think really signed with any free agents, Mike Kanellis. Well, requested his release. Apparently, yeah, exactly. There's a reason for that. It was a lengthy, emotional, heartfelt post. He said, in part, today I asked for my release from the WWE. I want to thank everybody in the company who has helped me out and who I've shared a locker room with. I love you all. I've been with this company for almost three years and incredibly grateful for the opportunity. However, it's time to move on. Working one day a week is just not cutting it for me. Makes sense. Did he get like a good contract too? He just signed it like a five year deal back right. in June. Him and his wife were signed contracts, and they heard it was pretty lucrative. Right. I don't know, man. Like, I I hear what he's saying as an artist. Apparently, saying him he's so disgruntled and coming home to his wife and kids now, he's just taking it out on them, and they don't want to be around that negativity. He wants. And you know what? I respect him for saying that for coming open and clean about that. And yeah, that's not healthy, and if that's the case, and you know, maybe it is time to move on. They're not going to grant it. Not going to grant his release? I don't think so. He's a, he's a huge talent. He's going to be eaten up right away with AEW or Ring of Honor. He's going to go somewhere else. He's right a away. huge talent in the ring. Um, big name. He is a big name or bigger name, but like WWE, he's the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, so like it, they won't release him because they know he'll shine elsewhere. He definitely will. He, uh, he, he'll lose. He they'll lose money. Rush it in AEW. Think about it. He what about would, BWF? What about BCW? He would kill anywhere else he goes. I want to go back to Ring of Honor. But AEW is obviously, I mean, they're direct, more so direct competition as of right now. But with his WWE. wife Maria wants to end her career in WWE. But they're kind of a package deal, so I don't know. So, yeah, exactly. And Maria has a bigger name. Well, we'll keep you updated. I, say, I don't see this happening. I guess we'll see it on the sidelines for the next five years, unfortunately. Maybe get paid, paid to be stay home. That's not too bad. Get paid, stay home, dead. Make good money, do nothing. <laughs> Sign me for that, actually. And they have another kid on the way, so. Yeah. Good for you, Mike. In other news? As, like I said, though, as an artist, I completely get where he's coming from, though. I do. I get it, too. Who wants to be stuck in catering? You sign to the to wrestle. Yeah. You, you, and yet you do nothing. You want to do what you love to do, not necessarily just get paid and doing the sideline. And the most we've seen of you in the last two years is you're getting bitched out by your wife. I mean, the shitty storyline? I don't blame him for leaving. But on the other side of it, too, I mean, you got to think of this. I mean, like, yeah, you're, you're getting paid to be in an industry that you love, and you're su- you're supporting your family. Yeah. You know, th- that's the other half as well. So it's just... But, you know, again, you know, AEW has more of the financial backing compared with all the other great promotions that you missed, that you listed before. And, you know, he could have the opportunity to possibly do both to, you know, f- pursue his craft and get paid uh, substantially to do so if he went to AEW. But we'll see. Well, time will tell. We'll keep you updated. Five years is a long time. Yeah, it just signed. It'll be five years. That's yeah. crazy. Episode 2 of Power aired. Are you watching NWA? I haven't had a chance to, honestly. I, I've heard good things, I though. figured you would have a chance to watch this, and it's mobile. You don't have to be a TV to watch it. It's on your phone. Yeah, but I don't necessarily have access to... Uh, your phone? My phone on Excuses when I'm on the set. This guy. 
They announced. Well, the I have my assistant wash it for me and give me notes. That we usually do. No Ep- comment. <laughs> episode two, they announced NWA will be returning to pay per view for the first time since April. Which I heard this news. I'm like, oh wow, returning to pay per view since April. That's not a long time. I thought it was like years. <laughs> they had a pay per view in April. Okay. They also announced tickets sold out though in just three hours. Oh wow. The event will be titled Into the Fire, take place December 14th from the GPW Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. The event will begin at 6.05 Eastern and scheduled to end at 9.30 Eastern. Not too long. No. So, good job. And we are making moves. Making that money moves. Like I said, man, like, I keep on saying it. But it's awesome time for wrestling in general, man. Look at all these promotions making big moves. Like New Japan Pro Wrestling, their parent company, Bushy Road, purchased Stardom. Which is oh, a yeah. huge deal. That's a big a, deal, yeah. A deal that's been in the works since the beginning of 2019, almost 10 months in the making. It was just too. WWE was trying to buy a Japanese promotion as well. They're looking to buy Stardom. There was Stardom they were looking to buy? Yep. To help build up the roster for NXT Japan. Mm. They also tried purchasing Pro Wrestling Noah. That deal didn't work out. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. They are in talk to other promotions, but there's no word on how serious those are or if they're even continuing at this point. They want to launch NXT Japan. Shouldn't they really focus on NXT UK? That's not really. Is it really taking off that well? It's I I don't I don't, I don't watch it. Know so I mean, I'm not if it's questions. taking off here, I don't know if that's the goal even. But like you know, UK seems to be a very big deal over there. Are they loving it? Are they eating it up? I, it seems like they are. They'll find out. Uh, based on like what I see on Twitter. But I guess NXT Japan does make sense. That's the next market to go into. No, absolutely. I mean, they should do multiple NXTs. They should do NXT South America. They should That's do. The plan, yeah, I think, yeah. In, I think India's the next one. They, they, that'd be a great move as well. You know, you know they, they just or this right Saudi Arabia probably wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You know, they're just building this up. They're building an empire. Finally, another news: Gorilla Position. You know that one spot right behind the curtain, while the producers, wrestlers officials run the show from named of course after the late great Gorilla Monsoon well just to be different AEW is changing it up and will now be known as the Dusty position in honor of the late great Dusty Rhodes interesting Cody tweeted a plaque of a Dusty's cowbell hanging over which will be hanging in the Dusty position at every AEW produced show huh everywhere it's called Gorilla position but they're changing it up I, I never heard of anybody wanting to change it up before no, I've never sense. heard of that either. I mean, I feel like everyone respects Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Gorilla Monsoon. So surprising they're changing it, but I guess... But, you know, I mean, it does sense. make sense. I mean, that's that's his dad. Yeah. How can you say anything to him? Be like, hey, man, uh, really? <laughs> so that's an interesting move, so... It, it is an interesting move. I respect it. Okay. I mean, nothing... It's not like he's saying anything bad about Gorilla. I mean, he's, he's doing it because it's his dad. Yeah, all right. So that's interesting. Yeah. Just a little, nothing positive or negative about that. Just an interesting new story. I mean, if anybody, you're going to honor anybody, Dusty Rose is somebody to be honored. So, Of course. All right, Mark Greenman's back with another interview. Very excited about this week. Trying to get him to get this woman on our show since January at BCW's Queen of the North, where she was my guest co-host on A Shot of Wrestling. We shared uh, several drinks, got very drunk together. My good old drinking buddy, the new number one contender for the BCW Women's Champion after beating Tasha Steeles at Fight 4-3. And we'll also see her take part in the upcoming women's tournament to crown the first ever BWF Women's Champion. Vanity sits down with the Green Man. Really excited about this. Green Man, take it away. 
family, welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. If you have not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on a shot of wrestling hotline. Now we say it's time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today we are joined with someone who's very near and dear to Michael J. Putty's heart because they shared some great beverages at Queen of the North for BCW. The OG doll, the new BCW number one contender for the women's championship, Vanity. Welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. Hey, what's good, guys? Oh, man. Like I said, Michael J. Putty has been like, you got to get Vanity. You got to get Vanity. You got to get Vanity. Ever since... (laughs) You guys, like, share that moment, that drink. I don't know what happened, but welcome back to A Shot of Wrestling. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so, Phyllis, if nobody knows anything about Vanity, what would you want them to know about you? Um, that I'm a very open person. I'm an open book. I really don't care what people think. I just live life how I want it. I do what I want. I say what I want. And I always mean what I say. <laughs> Now, that's a pretty cool personality and a way of living. You know, was that always you growing up or did you come into that kind of personality as as an adult? I definitely came into this personality as an adult because when I was little, I was very outgoing, but very shy at the same time. I always loved sports, but, you know, always kept my mouth shut, basically let people walk all over me Hmm. and always tried to be always try to make friends with people. But then I realized, like, I wasn't clicking with some people because I was the weird one. Like, I was just very, very weird. I was a tomboy, just very, very shy. So when I found my love for wrestling, that's when I honestly started getting a voice. Like, I couldn't fit into some crowds being fake. And I was letting people, like, walk all over me. So when I started getting comfortable with myself, that's when I actually started to have a voice. If that makes sense. No, yeah, absolutely. And it takes a while kind of to develop that voice and that voice that you're comfortable with being. But now as a female wrestler and in the business, you become a little bit more as a role model. You know, what kind of image do you feel that you portray to young girls and guys growing up? Um, oh, that's a good question. I'm really not even sure because when I started wrestling, I didn't have an image. And that's something I had to like really work on. Instead of just being strong, you know, I was a tomboy when I was little. I knew I was strong and agile and, you know, a little speedy. But I had to come up with a look. And there are things that I... I resonated towards and there's things that I didn't like, you know, some females wear extensions and wigs and I had to like play a part with the beauty and the fashion. Mm -hmm. Like I love fashion a lot. And, and honestly, I looked at the guys more than I looked, looked at the girls like Ric Flair. I looked at Rick rude and you know how they were in the ring and how they use their robes and their fashion. And then after I studied them, I started studying the girls. Like, they wore leotards and how they did their hair. Did they wear extensions? Did they wear lashes, makeup? And then after I got my hair cut, I shaved my head. Like, I couldn't do extensions. How old were you when that happened? Because I've only known you with the style you have now. 
Um, I was 19 when I shaved my head, and then my hair started growing back. Mm-hmm. And this was before wrestling. Okay. My hair started growing back to the full length, but my hair was always breaking. It was always thin, fragile. And when I started wrestling, I was just like, man, I am not beautiful like most of the other girls out there. Like, they have long hair. They have extensions. They have real healthy long hair. And I just don't know how to work with my look. Mm-hmm. I think my look was the hardest thing I've ever had to play with every day. And I mean every day. So basically, I put chemicals in my hair one day, and it all fell out one more time. Wow. So I started, yeah, I was like, there was no hair. Like, it was like a baby's, can I touch on this? <laughs> yeah. Okay, it was like it was like a baby's ass. Like, I put all these chemicals in together, and my mom's like, yo, what did you do to your hair? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm so fed up with it. So the next day, I was trying out for a pro wrestling syndicate, their school, mm-hmm. and I would train with a hoodie on, and one of the boys pulled the hoodie off my head and I didn't cry or anything but I was just like oh my god like I am not sexy and these guys are gonna see that and they were like yo you look like Eve from Rough Riders like a little Rihanna Mm. like you know Rihanna has short hair back then and I was like maybe I can play with this it's just that I can't do wigs and I can't do extensions at that time girls were getting their wigs like taken off in the ring it was kind of funny Mm -hmm. so I just started messing with my look and then I got the mohawk and then I cut the mohawk shorter and I just dialed it myself and I've just been doing that since so I couldn't be fake with myself or my image because I was just comfortable with the mohawk, comfortable being me. So now that you've grown into yourself, if there's any advice that you would give to, let's say, a 15-year-old vanity, what advice now would you give that girl then? Um, your time's coming. <laughs> to any girl out there, actually, your your time is coming. Any dude, too. Your time is coming where you're going to be the ugly duckling and then you are going to beast into something that's more immaculate than life. You're going to you're going to grow into your skin. Like, don't force it. When it comes to your looks, everyone's always body shaming. And that's the shit I hate so much. So you're going to find someone that's going to be like, yo, you're hot as hell. And I want you. So <laughs> Damn right. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your duty to put what you like together, what you feel comfortable with. Don't let anybody tell you different. You're absolutely. Are you the type of person who believes that there is a, there is someone out there for someone like who's finding love? Like there's that person for you? Yeah, I do. And and trust me, it's going to be so beautiful. <laughs> like once once you're comfortable with yourself and sometimes it kind of gets scary because, you know, you get so comfortable with yourself and the confidence comes in mm-hmm. and then everybody wants you. You know, you probably need a like, bodyguard <laughs> or something. <laughs> but like, you know, when you get so comfortable with yourself, you're going to find someone that like literally sees the light in you and like accepts you for who you are. You're not just an image to them. You're absolutely, and, and you'll and you'll get to right. know the difference. You're absolutely right. I think I definitely resonate in a little bit of your story right now because I may have seen as someone who was very comfortable on the outside, but on the inside, I wasn't too sure with myself. And it took me a while before I was like, you know what, this is me. Whatever, you know, people could say whatever they wanted to say, and you know, it it did that confidence attracts people to you. But the best part about it, like you're saying, is when it, it's attracting people to you, it's attracting people that you want to be attracted to you because they're going to be yeah. accepting of who you are. Like, you don't have to be fake. You don't have to be someone different. You are who you are. And that's that's an yeah, awesome message, exactly. man. That is an awesome, awesome message. You mentioned fashion for a little bit. And yes, yes Rick Rude, Rick Flair, as far as the guys, like these two dudes knew how to work wrestling fashion. What do you think 
about the wrestling fashion today, though. Could it be better? Who's doing it great? And who probably needs to be uh, taken to school for a little bit by vanity on fashion? (laughs) You know what? I think the wrestling fashion now, I think it's playing, uh, you know how they say history repeats itself? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, basically history is is repeating itself. I see a lot of robes coming back, a lot of leather leather jackets, studded jackets. Uh, You know, everyone has their own niche. The goth look, the punk rock look, um, the red hair even with like Becky Lynch. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Lita was the only redhead I knew back then. So it just depends how you play it, how you rock it. When I started wrestling, I didn't have a look and... I remember coming out with this Louis Vuitton onesie with a G-string up my ass. Like, (laughs) I wanted to bring the leotard look back, and Mm -hmm. nobody was doing that at the time. And I was wearing fishnets, and basically fashion plays a big role in everything. Like, if you don't got fashion, if you don't got swag, then how are you going to stand out? Yeah. Like, you're just going to be a Joe Schmo in the mix. Like, you got to separate yourself from everybody else. No, and, and it's not just like the girls. I think the guys are just in tune and, and like the guys in the business are also like, you know, fashion does play a big role. It, you know, I don't want people to, to listen to this and be like, oh, no, it's just a girl. That's why she's singing. But I talk to many dudes in the business who are like, you know, worried about like, you know, what their in-ring attire is going to be like getting new tights to get excited for. And like, you know, I'm going to try something new. Uh, the- oh, definitely. <laughs> Has anybody gone to you for fashion advice? Because you mentioned you're you're really big into fashion in your personal life. So have people sought you out for that advice? Um, A couple girls, but I try not to put my light onto people because honestly, my my fashion sense is very risque, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I just tell people, like, do the best that you can. Whatever you like, resonate towards it because you got to play with you got to play with yourself if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, like, like I can't, I can't say anything for you. Like, it's not that I can't help you, but I only can tell you what to do. Yeah, very true, very true. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but because of the the peak right now of where wrestling is, I think wrestling fashion, it's also something that is getting mixed in with like street fashion. It's like I'm walking around, I'm just seeing a lot more wrestling shirts out there, but not even like just like new wrestling shirts, like vintage, like people like that all vintage rock style kind of wrestling fashion. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. I've noticed a lot of that. Even T-shirts on, like, pro wrestling tees. I'm like, oh, my God, look at that shirt. I go into Hot Topic, and you have, like, yeah. the rock the rock vintage T-shirts, the looks, the styles, um, even the logos with, like, the old skulls, you know, the flames, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I I used to be a punk rocker back then. So oh, I'm really? Like, yes. Yes, definitely. I listened to a lot of bands back then. So I'm just like, oh, my God, like literally history is repeating itself. And this <laughs> is so amazing. What was the band you would listen to back in the day? I listened to Taking Back Sunday, Brand mm. New, The Used, a lot of Slipknot, Corn, Paramore. Nice. Um, Atreyu was one of my favorite bands. Boy, I've heard of uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Mm-hmm. They were pretty good. Um, Bullet for My Valentine, uh, My Chemical Romance. Hey, the list goes on <laughs> and on. Corn, Linkin Park. Oh, my God. Yo, you, you're just like hitting up like my, my mixtapes from back in the day. <laughs> oh, yes. I made a, I made a lot of mi- mixtapes. <laughs> I think that's something that the kids nowadays may not understand, you know, but it, it was so cool. Oh, yo, 
I remember those days. My brother, my brother used to make cassette tapes for like his friends, and that's how he used to hustle. Like I had to be quiet in the background, and you know he would hit record, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yo, go get your money!" But he'd be like, "Shut up!" You know, I gotta record the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How has music played a role in your life? Rest. I mean, music always was there for me. Like when I couldn't talk to people, I would just go to music. When I couldn't talk to people, I would go to wrestling. Like all my emotions would pour out without me saying anything. It was like, yo, put on some music or watch a match. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I could ever feel or like connect with myself, if that made sense. No, yeah, totally agree. I think yeah. music is very important. And that also plays a role in the way, you know, a wrestler creates their character. How did you come up with you know, the song you were going to, you know, walk down the aisle in? Um, wow. Okay, so I'm going to get really open. So I used to be a dancer. And okay. before dancing, I was very, very, very shy. Like, I had no confidence. Like I said, I was bald. <laughs> I lost my hair and everything. And basically, I started dancing to rock music, like Alice in Chains, Damage Plan, a lot of, like, metal bands, Nickelback, like, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then I used to, like, do the, the daytime shifts, so it was, like, a lot of rock music. Okay. And I started, like, resonating towards the nighttime and it was a lot of trap music rap music migos you know so i was never a fan of rap till i started like it was like okay this is the nightlife you know damn mm-hmm. i like this song so i like a little bit of rap i like a, i like some biggie i like some tupac like i resonate with these artists man these are artists that i never thought i would like and when i started wrestling i tried coming out to rock music but it was so weird. It was. It was. It was like it's not. It's not you, right? It, but it mm-hmm. is you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you put on a corn song, and I'm head banging in the back. Literally, <laughs> I love like it. the boys would. They would go behind the curtain, and they would go to the ring, and they're playing like all that remains, kill switch engage, and I'm in the back head banging so hard. <laughs> but I was just like, that's not. That's not me. Me right now. You know. Uh-huh. Like that was that that was my teenage me and I will always be that girl. But right now, um I feel sexy, I feel confident. And when I was a little girl, I didn't have that sexiness or confidence. So I'm gonna rock out to what I wanna do and I wanna go out to rap music. I like these artists, I like these other artists that I never thought I would like. So I started coming out to Cardi B, Migos, Rihanna, Drake, like trap music was my thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and it like you said, I've seen you walk down that aisle and the music blends into who you are. And it's the first introduction of who you are. So when you mentioned rock music, like I'm like, I don't think I could see you like coming down to rock music. You know, it just doesn't yeah. fit. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just how, how you enjoy it. I was wrestling when you were growing up. Like, who are you big on who your big influences were? And what are the moments that maybe just stick out into your mind? Wow, good question. Um, my biggest influences were Lita and the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, when they were the brood with uh, Gangrel, Ivory, like basically like the Attitude Era around that time. Yep. And honestly, in wrestling, the thing that res- resonated me with me the most was the storylines. Like I was a storyline baby. I loved what was happening in the background or like who married who or like... <laughs> what guy was flirting with who guy's wife and like, you know, they're going to get revenge next week on raw. Like I was so into the storylines more than the matches because they always made me feel as if I was in their world. 
Like, you know how people mm. sometimes take online world, like, to another level? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like that. It was just like, oh, my God. If I went into school and some guy was just like, oh, did you watch Raw last night? It was like, no way. You watched that? Yeah. <laughs> like, we can talk about it in code or something. It was just the best thing to talk about because I didn't like anything else. What was, do you remember, because it sounds like wrestling has always been a part of your life. Do you remember your time before wrestling? Yes. I mean, the only thing I did when I was young, like my mom was a, she was a single mother. My dad passed away at at an early age. Then my mom had me sheltered when I was little. And the only thing that we could have watched that brought the family together was wrestling. Like I never talked. I was always into exercise and that's it. Like I love to exercise, go outside, work out. I think my first word was echo size. Like I was a <laughs> I was a weird child. I had no fashion, but the only thing I had was wrestling. Like, that's what brought me and my brother closer, and that Uh, was it. And what does your family think about you now being a professional wrestler? Especially your brother, who you guys shared moments around wrestling. Um... Wow, I'm their hero. Like it's kind of weird to say this because I always felt like the the black sheep of the family because I mm-hmm. was so weird. You guys have no clue. I was so weird. <laughs> but um, my mom's like, you're the hero. Like you went out and did your dreams, and you're still doing it. You know, basically this thing brought my family closer. Really? And when nice. my yeah, like when my dad passed away, like the house was just silent. Mm-hmm. until my grandpa, like, came back, and, you know, he put on wrestling. Then my mom got remarried, and then my stepdad loved wrestling, and he introduced us to Andre the Giant. Like, I'm stuck on the Hardy Boys, and he was taking me back in the past. Like, like you don't know wrestling. Giant. Let me yeah. show you, kid. Yeah, he was like, come sit over here. Let me show you something. And I'm like, no way. I'm like, I have to go do this thing. And then my grandpa's like, you really are going to do this one day. Like, I could see it in your eye. And I'm like, yes, I love this thing so much. Like, I finally have a voice. Like, this is weird. So what was that moment that uh, made you start training to become a wrestler? uh, So after my mom got married to my stepdad, we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. And at the age of 19, I moved to Florida when I was 15, came back to New Jersey when I was 19. Basically, I stopped watching wrestling for a very long time. I came back here, and when my ex-boyfriend at the time was just like, Lita's actually going to be like 10 minutes down the house. Do you want to go see her? And I was like, oh, man, that would be really cool. But I've never met a celebrity before. Yeah. So this would be very weird. I was in the past. I was very close to meeting her once. And my mom was just like, uh, no, we got to go. It was at a flea market. Mm -hmm. My mom was like, no, we have to go. It's Sunday. It's church day. We got to go. I got to make food. And I literally cussed out my mom. And I've never done that. (laughs) I was like, the only thing I ever wanted was to fucking meet Lita. And like, you can't wait 10 minutes. (laughs) So my ex-boyfriend paid the tickets to go see her. And then. I got her autograph, and I found a school online, and they were just like, hey, we're training people. And I was pro wrestling syndicate's first girl or graduate or graduate out of the school, like, to start. So after I met Lita, that, first, that, that same place that had her do the signings, I was their first girl, and I just, vanity was born. <laughs> That's huge, man. Not everybody gets to chase their dream, and it's pretty cool that, you know, you have been. But... How has that dream been? Has it been filled with struggle? Has it been easy? Has it been an easy road to becoming a professional wrestler? 
I think, yeah, it was a struggle. It's always been a struggle, and it kind of still is, but it, it, I wouldn't have it any other way. When I first started wrestling, that's when I first started dancing. So, like, I was getting beat up day in and day out, hour by hour. Like, I would wake up, go to the gym. Then, after that, I would go to the club and, like, you know, like I said, I didn't have confidence, so all these girls at work were picking on me, and I had to, like, basically learn the business of, of business, what I was getting into, mm-hmm. and um, getting criticized, um, you know, trying to get along with your peers, knowing how to handle money, knowing how to handle your fans, or men, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, even other women, you have to, like, realize who you're dealing with, um, learning to deal with myself and my confidence, and then after that, at 7 p.m., it's like, all right, practice is going to go on for three hours, drive all the way to practice. And basically do it all over again, get in the ring, uh, learn all these drills, learn the men, because I was the only girl for the longest time. Yeah. Then I would have to go home and study, now study women's wrestling, study the men too. And like, if you put your mind to it, you could do it. And I basically taught myself wrong. And my mom was not supportive in the beginning, so it was so emotionally draining Mm -hmm. but i was there for myself and i i didn't have no support like all my money was going to my car rent i you know i paid my mom rent Mm -hmm. whatever she wanted to do gear and basically any teachings any seminars that i had to do but it was all worth it it was all worth it at the end because everyone's story is so different and i got to meet every walks of life young people new people old people like I was live, I'm still living the dream that is so amazing and I wouldn't change anything. I think it's one of the things you, you mentioned that not many wrestlers, I, I guess everybody does have to think about it in one way or another, but it's, uh, you know, how you react to the fans. Now you're a beautiful woman. When you come out, you do have a very sexy tone to you like you know this woman is meant to be looked at as like wow she's sexy she's beautiful like you know she's not you know when you get in the ring definitely you're you're that hardcore beating type of gal but when you come out you're selling that sex appeal how do you handle the audience whether it be male or female who may want to take a liberty and grab you or you know insult maybe the because they're you're not their cup of tea you know how do you deal with that I just, you know, if you resonate with me, like if we, if we, if we click, then we click. And if we don't, then there's a reason why you're on the other side watching me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't give a flying, you know what? Like I really don't care. There's a reason why your ass is in these seats and you're going to watch me do my thing. You love wrestling. I love wrestling. That's why we're here. Cause I've, I've had a lot of criticism. I've had, you know, even people try to touch me at times and I will shank you. Don't try it. Oh. Like, I'm not even kidding. I, I don't think you should put your hands on nobody because, like like I said, you know, I come from the club. I've seen a lot of stuff, and I don't – I think respect plays a, a big role, especially with – I wouldn't even call myself a celebrity or anything, but I'm just a, a, a human being living their dream also. So when it comes to disrespect, I don't play that. But, you know, I just try to vibe with, with the fans. I try to vibe with everybody. So if someone's trying to come at me left left field, then we've got problems. We've got a lot of problems. <laughs> and I've had I've, I've even had young guys come to my merchandise table with their mothers and you know look at my 8x10s and they were pretty sexy and their mothers are like no I'm not buying you this 8x10 like look at her right to my face Wow. and then after 
And then after my match, the mom would come back up to me and be like, yo, I loved your match. I'm so sorry I said that to you and buy all my merchandise. And I'm like, as long as I can put a smile on your face, then I don't care. Mm -hmm. What has been your biggest moment in, in professional wrestling so far? Oh, man, winning my first title at Pro Wrestling Empire. I was in a three-way against some lady named uh, Tess Valentine and Lufisto. Mm. And I got to I got to pin Lufisto no to way. be the first. Yeah, That's like, amazing. Like, That's oh cool. my, this was so crazy because, um, like I said, I've studied a lot of male wrestling because I didn't really know that many female indie indie women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even when I started wrestling, I didn't even know what indie wrestling was. I didn't know Ring of Honor all these, like, high, respectable places yet. So when I found out who Lufisto was, I was like, I'm dying to have a match with this lady one day. Like, I, when I went to go meet her, I bowed down to her. <laughs> really? And I was just like, wow, do you know who you are? You're a legend. And a year later, I was in a match with her, and I got to pin her to be the first, like, female champion, and I cried. <laughs> I cried. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I never thought I would see the light of day because everything, everything was so worth it. It's a, it's a no hell yeah it's a big moment and like you said to make it even a bigger moment the person that you pinned for that title you know yeah. is a big name so yeah definitely awesome uh, which leads me I guess to the next part of of our conversation BCW you are the number one contender now because you beat Tasha Steeles. Um, at their last event fight for a three at St Helena's gym. Congratulations. Now, you and Faye, down the line, it could happen. When is it going to happen? We want to see it. Um, I'm not, you know what? I, I'm going to leave that up to a surprise because I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but I know it's soon. I believe in November, their next show is going to be November 1st, and I will definitely be there. I'm not sure what's going to go down, but I definitely have Faye in my mind <laughs> since that <laughs> night. Have you guys ever I squared have, off? Yes, me and Faye have squared off plenty of times she's actually one of the second females that have ever came to my training school back then mm-hmm. and i met her and we have a lot of history me and Faye have a lot of history and i cannot wait to get in the ring with her because every time we get in the ring together the level goes up it gets more intense and i'm just like man I thought i knew this girl i thought i know her moves i thought she would know my tactics and stuff and you know we switched up on each other quite a few times, but this is for the title. This is for the title, so I cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait to see what she has. I mean, Faye Jackson, the first BCW Women's Champion, she she won it all in the Queen of the North tournament, which you participated in. So it's nice to see you back into the title hunt after that tournament. That was a magical night. It was filled with a lot of great women, a lot of great, talented wrestlers. It was a privilege to see you gals do what you did. But what does Vanity want? Who is that person on your dream list of, like, I want to face this person? It may, it, maybe it's more than one. So who are they? There's, there's a lot of um, rematches that I want. Jordan Grace, Sonya Strong. Definitely Tasha again. I have a lot of history with Tasha. <laughs> um, I would love to go against Deanna Perrazzo again. We've had a lot of history. I would love to go against Ashley Vox from the Sea Stars. Yeah. Penelope Ford. And a couple men. Like, I want some dudes. Like, 
I've beaten down the girls so many times that I want men now. Like I'm requesting men. Really? How how does <laughs> yes. that work? Because intergender wrestling is, is huge right now, just as much as women's wrestling is. What makes you make that switch and say, yeah, now I want men? Um, I feel like I'm as tough as the men. Like females already know what they go through. They know that they can level up with the guys. We train with the guys. We hear the guys speak like we think about guys. We dream of men. So, like, why not go in the ring with them? Why not go toe-to-toe with them? Or even our trainers. Like, I've thought about having a match with one of my trainers, Danny Moff, for the longest time. And he is a legend in the pro wrestling ring. So, I know I can take on many guys because I'm not scared of them. Like, I have that confidence to tell any guy that I can go toe-to-toe with you. And I can cut your cookies. So, <laughs> let's, go, let's go and do it. I've been in the ring with Darius Carter also. I've been I've studied a lot of men more than the girls. So I'm just not scared of anybody. I'm ready to do it. I'm probably more scared of myself. <laughs> what excites you about wrestling today? Everything. Everything. Because like, um, you mentioned a lot of things from... that excite me about wrestling today. I mean, AEW excites me today. Intergender wrestling, uh, women's wrestling excites me today. Yeah, no, everything from AEW to um, Master P owning House of Glory right now. What are your thoughts to, about that? Um, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a shocker. I, I can't believe, like, wrestling is at its finest, and it's growing day by day. And I'm ready to be part of that shock, if you know what I mean. <laughs> there is a lot of things going on in the wrestling business today, and I think a lot of it comes from that competition. Do, do you feel as a performer, you know, in the independence scene, do you feel that sense of competition also within yourself and your peers? Oh, yes. Everything's going to be a competition. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm competing with myself every day. So I always have to have my back against the wall and be like, what's going to go on next? To, hey, even the fashion, like, yo, do I have my gear ready? Does this look ready? Is this prepared? Like, I'm actually going against myself, the world, and the other brands. As we're wrapping up, uh, you mentioned, you know, you keep in tune with everything going on in the wrestling business, AEW, WWE, SmackDown, Raw, everything going on. If you had to put vanity in any storyline currently out there, since you mentioned you're a big storyline person, what storyline would you put out there for yourself to get into that company? Oh, wow. Great question. Um, basically work with any women's division, like any women out there, like AEW with Nyla Rose going on and the championship. They just crowned their first women's champion. It's kind of cool how they were having the girls come out in groups. And uh, Mercedes Martinez came out like with the Joker card and like popped out Mm -hmm. of nowhere. You know, like that's cool. The Mae Young Classic is something I really have on my mind right now. NXT, like I said, uh, Deanna Perrazzo's there, Chelsea Green. It would be very awesome to make a pop-up there. Even on Impact, like, oh, my God, Katie Forbes just debuted the other day. Um, Jordan Grace is there. Like, the energy is at the utmost, like I said. It would just be cool to debut anywhere, just be a part of it. Now, you mentioned a lot of girls. That girls we're very familiar with. Um, you know, like, would you consider yourself wanting to start a stable, like a group? You know what? I'm not a stable girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like, I am not a stable girl. I'm like one of those chicks that, like, you know, like, 
even if I had a stable, I would have to watch my back against them because, you know, they would know. But that's a good story to tell. You know, like the like the one girl who, you know, she rides alone. She does her own thing. You know, it's now part of this group. You know, could she conform to the ideologies of, of three other women, you know? Maybe. And then you know, one day I, you just like stab him in the back. Yeah, right. I would have to stab her before she stabs me. Yeah. Like, That's a great story. Uh-uh, girl. We're going to have to take it to the streets. But let's let's play pretend for a little bit. If you had to pick three <laughs> other girls to be in a stable with you, who would those girls uh-huh. be? Um, I would have to say Tessa Blanchard. You're off to a great start. <laughs> Yeah, like, yo, <laughs> yo <laughs> she's great. Tessa, Maria Manic. I would have to say Maria Manic and um, Ariel Monroe. She's bad as mm. hell. Cedric Alexander's wife. She's yeah, yeah, so yeah. bad. And and we kind of do resemble each other, but yeah, I love her tactics a lot. Wow. That yeah, is me and Maria, a group to me and Maria go back. Um, we started the conversation with saying that wrestling brings us together. Is there anybody in the business that you would consider a friend or a confidant, a, a mentor that you're grateful that wrestling brought to your life? Yes. Um, basically at my weakest, I wouldn't say it was just one person. It's honestly a group of people at this school called house of glory, which is probably crazy. But when I was at my lowest, and, you know, I had nobody behind my back. I actually went to a a place called Excellence Pro Wrestling in Pennsylvania. And they basically revamped me from, like, the OG doll to Wrestle Bay. Like, mm-hmm. they gave me so much confidence. They were my family. Like, I love them. I always have their back. Like, I will always be there for them. And they were there for me when I was at my lowest because I was with a, a school called Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Uh, which is now WrestlePro, and I'm not with them anymore. And I got lost for a while. Like, that okay. happens. I hope everyone knows that. Like, your wrestling school, you know, there's other people out there that are going to have your back. And um, basically, the House of Glory guys were there for me, and they they basically brought up my spirits. And Luke Hawks, he brought up my spirits, too. He was there for me when I was my lowest. He's from Louisiana. So, yeah, them. Nice. I mean, every day we're grateful for a lot of people that wrestling brings into our lives. And today we are grateful to have Vanity on a shot of wrestling. We're going to definitely see you a lot more of you because like you mentioned, BCW November 1st. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you there. I can't wait to see you guys. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. But there's still more. So stay tuned for Last Call. Hey guys, this is your girl Vanity. Now I had an amazing interview with A Shot of Wrestling. And there is more to come after this episode for The Last Call. Stay tuned. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, thanks Vanity for your time. Great hearing your interview. Great learning more about the possibly future Two-time women's champion. Could be. We never know. Vanity two belts. Vanity two belts. That is a good ring to it. I think so. All right, Mark, you ready to uh, take down some TV? Let's go for it, man. You first, man. What, what did you watch this week? Do you get a chance to watch anything? Um. So, yeah, my takedown I want to talk about a little bit. You know, I, I think we get some hate for this. Ooh, I love it. Already. 
Yeah. Heavy machinery. Okay. It seemed to be like, you know, fans seem to really dig them. They get they get, they get pop. I don't get it. Every, you, thank you. You you okay, thank you. Welcome. I, okay. So you're I, I, I don't get it. I don't think you get as much hate as you think you do. I don't get well. it at all. They remind me of a bushwha- of the Bushwhackers, right? I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah. Now the Bushwhackers, they fit for the time period that they were in. Yeah. Right. And obviously, you know, we were kids growing up with the Bushwhackers. Yeah. And you know, it was fun for the kids. I'm sure our parents hated the Bushwhackers. Looking at everybody's head, yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah, kind of gross. Mm-hmm. But in like today's era, the Bushwhackers would be booed out of the arena. Would they though? Attitude era, especially. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Like, I'm not saying necessarily like the the Bushwhackers, Bushwhackers, but if the Bushwhackers were to debut, oh, okay, yeah, in attitude, or if the Bushwhackers were to debut today, mm-hmm. they would be booed out of the arena. You know I, what I'm apparently, saying? they wouldn't be because heavy machinery is not. War raiders aren't. The war raiders are a different level, though. The war raiders, I, I, the war raiders. Congratulations to them winning tag team championships. They, they, they are the, the real deal tag team. Like you know. My, my, Putty, I do commentary with you every time we do BWF, right? And what's my biggest pet peeve is when wrestlers, when these competitors going in there and they want to have fun. They're about having fun and not enough focusing on winning. You do hate that. I hate that. And and these guys, all I see, especially Otis, just go out there having fun. They want to have a good time. Yeah, you know, I see Tucker actually doing more so, like caring more about winning and doing something. And but you know, I see Otis just. Flapping around in a ring, grunting all the time. Not a fan of the caterpillar. Not a fan of the caterpillar at all. I don't get it. And you know, if if someone can please an adult, mind you, can and can sit sure. down and tell me what the big deal is, heavy machinery. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I am. Green Man loves them. Yeah, talk to Green Man. Green Man, hit me up. Cause I I, I, I want to know. Maybe it's me. At Mark Schwan, Mark with a C C H O U E N. On all social medias. Spell it right. Thank you. Thank Welcome. you. And, yo, know, if Otis and Tucker are listening to this, hit me up, too. Maybe I'm missing something from you guys. Oh, please. Someone's listening. Someone forward this to them. Did you watch SmackDown? I did watch SmackDown. Okay. Clearly. It's not really my takedown, but it's annoyance. Little things annoy me. Okay. I don't get this. Maybe explain this to me. Roman Reigns was gearing up for the drive-by. Right. A move where he runs around the corner, gives a drop kick to the side of someone's head, Land on his back on the edge of the apron. Now, for any of you that are listening to a wrestling podcast, you know what the drive-by is from Roman Reigns. Stop listening. Go on. Does that mean you have a problem? No, I'm saying wrestling fans, they should know that. They should know what a drop, uh, oh, drive-by well, is. Okay, I'm sorry for doing a commentating job, asshole. <laughs> but go on. I'm painting a picture. Okay. Let's paint that picture. Pete Rosado would say. Sam Zayn pulls Nakam over out of the way. Uh-huh. Roman Reigns lands on his back. Right. He always has on his back. Hmm? Why did it hurt this time? He was you know, that's, he was, <laughs> that's actually good. See, now you feel bad, like a dick for I was explaining something. Why did he? Why was his back hurting when he always lands on his back? That's a, that's a good point. Thank you. Well, my takedown this week is a follow up to my takedown last week. Bailey Miss TV was awesome this week. What a great promo by the Miz comparing her to Brock Lesnar and Tasha Banks to Paul Heyman when she wasn't answering his questions. The Miz. Always does a phenomenal job on that mic. Oh man, Bailey held her own. I don't. I never really pictured Bailey as like a great on the mic. 
Well, I she's, think she's, she's, she still seems like she's like she held her own though. She's transitioning in the role yeah. as a heel. She's getting there. I don't think she's fully comfortable yet. I don't know if she's fully embraced it yet. I don't think so, but I think she'll get there. She's on her. But you know, you you have a great heel next to her as Sasha Banks, yeah. and they're good friends in real life. So you know, like maybe that's going to rub off and and help her. I was wondering how they would handle it. A lot of pressure when you turn someone heel the next day. You got next time you got to follow it up. And you know, I, I dig I dig her music. Yeah, I thought it was very generic, but then I heard it on her way out. I'm like, this is not too bad. Yeah, when when she won the match yeah. last week, it was pretty generic. They didn't play the whole thing, but you know, they played the whole thing this time. It was like, oh, okay. It does. Like I, said, it. I mean, generic. This sound like uh, the preloaded, no name intro music you can put your, to your character on a WWE video game, like Creative Wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like one of those off songs they have in storage that they just pulled out at a random. Right. But I liked it actually. It, 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 it does work for her. Can I um? Mention something about the Miz, of course, all the time. So my wife and I, we we watched it, right? And uh, oh, she watched it with you? Yeah, oh, she, nice. She 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 likes the Miz, and she brought up a good. She asked me a good question. Actually, she's like, I haven't seen him really wrestle in a while. Is is he injured? Is he? What's his deal? He's doing a lot more of just talking. So she observes that the Miz hasn't wrestled in a while, right? But she hasn't observed the guest tank gone empty. That's a that's a great point. Anyway, that's a great that's, point. Uh, <laughs> Yes. But you know it is a good. It's called, called a callback. Yeah, it's a good. <laughs> um, that's but, a good question, though. Yeah, I haven't seen him wrestle in a while. Right, he's not what? wrestling so much. I was thinking. You know, I think he, he did it raw. Maybe like two. Years. He is older now. Are they preserving him a little bit more? Is he doing a movie? I don't think he's doing a movie. No, maybe he just wanted to be home for his new baby. Oh, you know what? Maybe that could be it. He's what born a month ago, maybe. So maybe he just wanted to be home more. Maybe he's not in ring shape. Maybe because he hasn't even done anything. Like maybe he's taking paternal leave. Family medical leave. Okay. Actually, I don't think they're not, he's not an employee, so I don't think he can get that. <laughs> but uh, different story for a different time. But yeah, I think maybe because of the baby. I mean, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Because he, I don't know anything about him being injured or anything like that. No, I've heard anything about him being injured. He's on TV, but he just goes I mean, to the TV. He is in good shape, so I, I don't know. I don't know if he's doing house shows. If anybody knows if he's doing house shows, don't, I would not let us know. But my answer would be the baby. Okay. Let's go with that. Speaking of TV. Whilst we're on the subject of TV, did you watch WB Backstage? Yo, Renee Young. What a great show. Russia. You know, here's the thing. People give her hate for a commentary, right? And I never minded her commentary. I never minded it either. I, I, you know, I People think are stupid. They were People just... love to bitch about everything. Oh, they, totally, totally. And it was, I think it was completely unfair because she even admits that you know, it was a new role for her. And I feel like she was learning very well in the job. Listen, we both know commentary is yeah. not easy at all. No. So. so she did a fine job with it, but you know what? She really does shine as a host. Yeah, and she's not a commentator. No. She was a host. Yeah. So. And she's like the Aaron Andrews of WWE. Yeah. And she, you know, it made me forget how good of a job she really and does. Aaron Andrews role. doesn't do sit in the booth with Troy Aikman. No. No. She's like, imagine. Yeah. Imagine. God forbid. Hey, yeah. God forbid Carly Lloyd kicked a 53-yarder. God forbid, right? Yep. <laughs> That's a whole other subject. But still, still sensitive. <laughs> yeah, pe- apparently people are sensitive. A, a woman can do things. Um, but yeah, no, the show itself was fine. Except Phil Gansting. <laughs> apparently. I, I put a poll out on Facebook. Very surprising. People like to live on the edge. That's crazy. <laughs> but let's go back to the show real fast. Oh, yeah, get back. Now, we were promised a big trade announcement, too, in that show from Triple H. Didn't, didn't really live up to the hype. Yeah, Booker T said it. 
like I wasn't really expecting like, a big, huge trade. So did, so did Jake Glazer. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Oh. I remember. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't see. I just eye rolled. Um, I thought it was good. I mean, the like the trade. What does it mean? Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, For who, future... weren't, who, who weren't even drafted as a tag team. They're drafted separately. Yes, we're going to SmackDown. Uh, for future for, draft picks and considerations. What does that mean? I guess we'll see the draft again. So next we're going to see a draft again next year. I don't know. How do you think they feel? They got draft, traded for nobody. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a good overall. It was a good show. I uh, like the vibe, like the energy. Yeah, I, I love the segment. The promo school was awesome. They take a unknown. I mean, uh, Booker famous, T still got it, huh? They take a famous hey, athlete. Yeah, unknown a fan. Adam Jones is not an unknown. <laughs> yeah, I corrected myself. That's why we're going to edit this part out. Let's try this again. <laughs> They take an athlete and give him advice on how to cut a promo yeah. that they would do in NXT. And by the way, I feel like the judges were way too lenient. I what? feel like Renee Young, as far as giving the, sc- uh, giving the score, Renee Young kept it real. Yeah. Paige giving him an eight. I was like, come on, Paige, really? Well, because he, he took her advice. She was just happy about that. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But then they said Booker T coming out of nowhere. Yeah, Booker T just laid Ooh. it down, man. But it, had, it did really have like one of these, like you said about SmackDown, a Fox Sports feel to it. Oh, totally. It's like I was watching NFL Sunday. 100%. Only with the WWE. Yeah. So I'm digging it. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm and great to see Paige back on TV, too. Looking smoking hot. <laughs> My wife listens to the show occasionally, <laughs> so I can't say anything. But she looked great. So why, why are you winking, then? Why keep winking and smiling at me? Well, what are you doing to me? What are you, what, okay. what are you doing to me? Okay. Are you waving to move on? Okay, let's move on. Then. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> I'm not doing any of these things, for the record. But overall, backstage, looking forward to it. Should we talk about... Rollins bring down the Firefly Funhouse. People, people talk. That's a big thing that happened on Raw. Oh, R.I.P. Ramblin' Rabbit. But he like dies every time. Like, I don't know why. This time. <laughs> he's like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> I was about to say he's Kenny from South. Park. But even Bray Wyatt said he's dead this time. So I don't know. <laughs> it would be great if he comes back. What did he back. die from? He just got burned up. He got burned out. Yeah, well, everyone got burned out. But yeah, so we're, what, <laughs> we're all making a big deal about Ramblin' Rabbit. What, what happened to uh, Moshi the Buzzard? Huskus. Huskus is creepy. I mean, <laughs> haven't seen Abigail in a while, so I don't know where she's been. But no, but yeah. So is that the end of the Firefly Funhouse? Is Bray Wyatt now? Well, allegedly, the fiend this is something I've heard. I don't necessarily know how true this is. Fox executives are down on the Firefly Firefly Funhouse, and they want to see more uh, live action stuff with Bray Wyatt. Okay, I've been saying that for a while. Allegedly, I don't know why he was on Raw. I guess this is the blow over this, the feud with Seth Rollins, going yeah. to Crown Jewel. But okay, I guess. All right, we we'll talked about it. It happened. We talked about it. I guess. So I wonder what that means going forward. I mean, does Bray Wyatt still keep his character? I can't see him cutting a Fiend promo. Right. So maybe we'll see Bray Wyatt. We have to see Bray Wyatt more. Does he go? This is this is version of Bray Wyatt continuing. I think that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I think so. We'll see. Fox. We will see. They they are they are running the show. Yeah. So what they want, they're going to get. All right, Mark. You ready for this week's three count? Oh, I am so ready for this. I can't wait to see what you got. It's time for the three count. All right, Mark. My favorite segment of the show. I think, I think the fans will dig in it, too. This week's three count. We're going our top three personal valets of all time. Not the top valets of all time. Again, our personal take, our own unique perspective. These are our, our very own top three. Hey, we all have lists. We all have top fives, top top tens, top threes. These are our personal ones. If you disagree or agree with us, you can let us know. Inbox at com or dial it up 619-343-005. 
Mark, the floor is yours. All right. My number th- my number three, very current, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, very, very current, is Lena Vega. Of all time, number three is Lena Vega. I am loving it right now because, you know, you don't necessarily see valets like her. Very athletic, extremely athletic, very dangerous. Her character is on point. Her, uh, her mic work is insane. And, her, you know, her facial expressions are just bar none. And she really... Uh, elevates Andrade's character in his game. Okay. Explained pretty well. Thank you. Number three is a woman who wasn't just a valet. She kind of morphed that valet and made it something bigger. Okay? Okay. The Lana before Lana. That authoritative woman who's in charge, the head bitch in charge. Uh Uh-huh. Marlena. Marlena, huh? Okay. Beautiful woman. Yes. Smoking knot. Yes. Dull Dust, she led the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian. Hell, she had a tournament full of tag teams for her services. Exactly. She was awesome. And that's why Terry Reynolds is my number two, actually. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah. Great segue. Um, dude, honestly, my biggest crush growing up, like Terry Reynolds, loved her. I uh, loved her work as Marlena as well. Yeah. Great character work. You know, just her, like, she didn't even have to say much. Her presence, just her sitting down in the, yep. in the, the chair, chair, the director's cigar. chair, the cigar. The gold dress. Exactly. Oof. And then there's the storylines that she was involved in and the tag teams that she elevated. I mean, the Hardy Boys, they were really just like jobbers before Terry yeah. Reynolds That's took sure them on. Floating around, right? This was after I think this was Doc Hendricks? Yeah, after Doc Hendricks. And it just really That's elevated the one who won the, the tournament, but, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other ones that were in her services. Yeah, and, again, yeah, I had a big crush on her. I thought she was drop-dead gorgeous as well. Future Hall of Famer, hopefully. She's not in yet. Hopefully. Was she going by herself? But she wasn't a wrestler. Ooh, does she go in with Goldust? I don't know. You can't go in with Goldust now, right? I mean, that would be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> My number two is one of the standouts of the Attitude Error. Another person who... who pretty much embodied what a valet was. Textbook definition of valet. And her roster was very impressive. And she, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Please! <laughs> Deborah. She managed the, the Four Horsemen, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Jeff Jarrett. Owen Hart. Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart. Oh, what a, what a, what a presence she had on screen. Uh, I mean, well, Yeah. Puppies. <laughs> That's all I can say. Puppies. Everyone loved her. Jerry Lawler definitely put her over with that oh, as well. Like, yeah. Um, and just the way she would just distract her, the opponents, like yeah. unbuttoning her blouse. And those, she was Michael as well. That's who she. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah that's right. To think. Yeah. The way she those photo spreads in Raw magazine, like I'm still thinking about right now. And she evolved as well yeah. from the Four Horsemen to Jeff Jarrett, and then with Stone Cold. I mean, different character, pretty much. Yeah, I loved her with Stone Cold. That was, pretty, that was a great combo. Yeah, definitely. And real-life couple. Until he beat her up. Mm, yeah, well, we'll skip over that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the whole mood just changed. I'm so yeah. sorry. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> the wall is closing in. Um, going to my number one. Okay. Yeah, nice little segue there. <laughs> Complete badass. Someone that you don't want to mess with. Really changed a role that you would, you would see from a valet. And I don't really see anyone else that really tried to be like her. China. Okay. 
China was a one of a kind, really was the ninth wonder of the world, as they uh, as they proclaimed her to be. Strangely sexy in a different way, uh, and just wow, uh, completely paved the way for women for what they do today in the ring. As she competed with men, won Intercontinental Championship as well at one point. But when she was the valet, especially when she debuted with Triple H, and she was like manhandling a man the way she actually manhandled Marlena at yeah. one point, distracting Goldust in that match. It was insane. You've never seen anyone like her. Uh, maybe Nicole Basque. Uh, came close to second, but didn't have the same charisma, the same uh, je ne sais quoi that China had. May God rest her soul. That's a good one. I thought about China too, but I just her in-ring career totally eclipses her ballet career to me. So I just that's why I did not put her on my list, but well deserved. Uh, absolutely. I mean, how she started off as a valet, and even when she was doing in-ring work, when she was a valet, she was just a game changer, complete game changer for any valet uh, that you've ever seen. And this was like a hard list for me because there's so many to choose from. A couple honorable mentions. You got like Lita, the Hardy Boys, Trish Stratus with TNA, Tessin Albert, not TNA wrestling. <laughs> uh, Molina with uh, Eminem. I guess say Miss Elizabeth. And of course, Miss Elizabeth. But my number one, my personal number one, you know, um, she comes no surprise. You know, I want her. You know, I love her. The original diva, Sunny. I knew it. I knew it was going to be Sunny. It's like, okay. I mean, why? How can it not be Sunny? <laughs> She led three separate tag teams to championships. That's power. That's brilliance. And the brains to match the beauty as well. Here's the thing with Sunny. Like you say, talk about Renee Young, too. She was a great host, too. She could throw in different hosting things. She was very multi-talented. Ask Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Those, I can't <laughs> give you that aspect of it. But uh, I wish they did something with that. Sunny just transcended that role and made it her own. Can you imagine if, like, I feel like this would have happened today. If Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels... They brought that up with oh, Sunny. Absolutely, absolutely. Sunny would have been involved. Yes, hands down. But there would be no Sable without Sunny. Sunny paved the way for many of the, that next generation to follow. Yeah, it, it, the Sable also honorable mention also on my list. The barely one, cut out. She got him to Sherry Martell as well. I mean, yeah. huge honorable mention with her Luna Vachon. Again, let's talk about it. Just go on and on. It's go on. on. It, it, it was a tough list. Very actually, tough. To one, do. one of the hardest ones for me. Yeah, like pun intended. <laughs> Actually, I had I always like thinking about Sunny as well, but you know, I I really I gotta say I I really love what Zelina Vega is doing, and like you know, she's still young, and is still like she's already like so interesting to watch right now. And I think she's only going to get better going back going back to Sable, Tristratus, Lita, Melina. Same thing with China. Their, their in ring careers kind of eclipsed their uh, valet careers to me, so that's why I didn't. That's the only reason I edged out these three. Because you didn't see Sonny, Deborah, or Marlena wrestle really, barely. No, no, uh, they were hardly. typical, just valets. Yeah. Well, Sonny, the thing with Sonny is, you better watch your mouth. She, she's very talented, and the thing is, like with her, you're right. She did pave the way for what the the divas yeah. uh, revolution was. Original diva, yeah. Yeah, she was original diva, and. Um, you know, they whatever role they put her in, because she obviously she, she was a beautiful woman, and her charisma was just off the charts, oh, yeah, off the charts. Like I, I, if you were to ask me, Sunny or Sable, any day of the week, I would said Sunny because I felt like she really? just beat Sable out in different ways. Sable was the clear favorite within the WWE at that point. So Sunny beat out Sable, in my opinion. Yeah, what you beat out? I don't know what you mean by that. Okay, let's move on then. <laughs> same, same thing with a. Uh... Sonny and Deborah, those photo shoots in those magazines? Yeah. Whew. 
But it was still have them by Sonny. Like whatever role they gave her, whether like, just promos, where as a host or something. It was a jerk off joke, by the way. I know what you. I'm not. A, I think you were. Listen, putty. I'm, I was brought up with more class. What were you saying about Sonny? Yeah, I was about to pay your girl some respect, but you know I'm going to take no, it back now. I mean, God forbid you do. You always shitting on her well, because she's not good for you, buddy. I see she breaks your heart time and time you again. Shut your mouth. I feel like you're in an abusive relationship without being in a relationship. Story of my life. <laughs> Thanks for laughing at that. That wasn't supposed to be a joke. <laughs> you're so funny, man. <laughs> Thanks. Let us know your top three valets of all time, personal valets. Because we're going overall. I mean, like Sherry Martell, Miss Elizabeth. But we're talking about our. Oh, what part. about Nia Kennedy? My all time favorite. Don't kiss ass. Personally. Da- damage is already done. I love Nia Kennedy. Damage is already done. Let us know yours. Inbox at setupwrestling.com. Dial it up, 619-343-3005, or share it on our social medias. Get involved in the conversation. We want your voices to be heard. So let us know your top three female valets of all time. I guess female valets is kind of redundant, right? It is a little <laughs> redundant. Mark, reset time. Get to the show. Any go home thoughts for you? All right, man. I got a little something. Someone posed a question to me. Or not necessarily a question. It was a fact. A friend of mine texted me. Okay. Let me let me get the text out. While you do that, uh, quick reminder, SmackDown will be on October 25th on Fox Sports 1. If you set it on your DVRs, your DVR will not pick it up. So check out Fox Sports 1. Record SmackDown manually. I would actually set the, set the uh, series because it won't be the first time this is happening. So SmackDown, Fox Sports 1, October 25th. All right. Thank you for that reminder because I probably would have forgotten as well. Um, A friend of mine texted me out of nowhere. says, Hulk Hogan, greater than Ric Flair. It's not even close. Ric Flair was great. Modern wrestling exists because of Hulk Hogan. Thoughts? Okay. What's the problem with that? You you think Hulk Hogan is that much better than Ric Flair? What do you mean better? Hulk Hogan was a mainstream person epitomized what wrestling was he carried 80s wrestling was hulk hogan there would be no there would be no hulk hogan without rick flair there'd be no hulk hogan without superstar billy graham mm, fair enough as well but you know rick i think it's just two different things hulk hogan was a product of the we machine rick flair was a wrestler that went territory to territory to territory making a name for himself building his resume by himself hulk hogan was built by this man he he was built by Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon could have made anyone Hulk Hogan. Vince McMahon could have made anyone the Ultimate Warrior. Vince McMahon, he, what you people say about him right now, people they f- tend to forget what a great mind he was in creating characters Not like me. The Undertaker. Most defending him, but Ric Flair, what he's done for wrestling, for what he's the character that he created for himself. But you know, going as far as pretty much bankrupting himself because he was so involved with this character, so deep into it. Partying the whole time. Today, even sports, it transcends all of sports throughout uh, pop culture. The famous woo they came up with. Is the woo more over than Hulk Hogan, though? I mean, everybody knows Hulk Hogan. Everyone knows Ric Flair as well. Yeah, to say to make that profound statement that Hulk Hogan is that much better than Ric Flair without even a question, not even room for debate. It's just nonsense for me. I, I can respect someone's opinion saying what Hulk Hogan did for the business. I'm not taking anything away from what Hulk Hogan has done for the business. It's like apples and oranges. But to say without question that Hulk Hogan is that much better than Flair, that it's that much more important to wrestling than Ric Flair, I, I think really cuts down to what Ric Flair has done for this business. Hmm. Personally. 
what do you think? I mean, do you agree? I mean, what are your thoughts on this, buddy? I kind of see what he's saying here. Really? Yeah. I kind of see what he's saying here. Like I said earlier, Hulk Hogan was professional wrestling in the 80s. We wouldn't be here talking about it without Hulk Hogan right now. Do you think without Ric Flair, we'd still be talking about wrestling? I mean, do you Absolutely. think? Really? Yeah. Ric Flair doesn't stand. It doesn't register as a Hulk Hogan in Ric was a worldwide icon. Ric Flair was, like I said, within territories. So Ric Flair busted his ass, worked harder, I think, Hulk, Hulk Hogan did. Yeah, way harder. To make a name for himself. Great in the ring. Great matches. Great rivalries. But Hulk Hogan transcended the business. Much like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everyone knows Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell, he's got his own TV show. But Hulk Hogan put wrestling on the map and on nationwide, global, more than Ric Flair did. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I'm i just floored by that. I mean, like I said, I it's not like I'm taking away from what Hulk Hogan did. You are right. Hulk Hogan. It's funny we were talking about Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. My number one was Evolution. Your number one was NWO. These guys were just two of the biggest names in this business. So it's hard to talk about who is better than who. It's just a matter of opinion. It, it, I guess it's it Babe is. Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle type thing. It is a matter of opinion. But like I, I don't know. Just to say, like without Ric Flair, would wrestling be as big as it is today? I, I would have to say no. You know, with, Ric Flair was big around. Big territories. Ric Flair was around before Hulk Hogan. He's the one that, like really like, put the character over the top, like with the storytelling. What he yeah, did, he brought eyes to wrestling throughout these different territories. He did such a great job as a champion, sixteen-time world champion, putting on hour-long matches, putting on great feuds, time and time again, putting people over, putting on great storytelling. Not necessarily the best athlete in the world, but still doing it through telling a story and the art of the promo. The, you talk about the art of the promo. He made pro- he made promos what they are. People like today they look at how to do a promo. They look at Ric Flair. Okay, no one's arguing that. No, one, no one's taking that away from him. But on a national, global uh. scale, Hulk Hogan was the one drawing those crowds. Hulk Hogan was the one doing those TV show appearances, Hulk, doing Fla- the movies. You say Ric Flair didn't do any of that. He he didn't bring crowds to different places. The way Hulk Hogan did. I, I mean, yeah. Well, Ric Flair Hulk- joined. The WWF. Okay. Okay, that was a big deal. He brought. He they didn't brought make it, they in, didn't make it the, a big deal. He but, brought in the NWA championship. But you didn't see the fanfare that was. They didn't acknowledge his past. They Hulk, couldn't. Hulk Hogan joined WCW. They had a fucking parade. Because it was the icon. That is Hulk Hogan. The name behind the character. Hulk Hogan. But that, with, with the, thing is, the way WWF strategized things to that point, that's why it's a big deal. Like when uh, uh, the Viking Raiders brought up uh, New Japan, they brought up mm-hmm. ROH. It's a big deal because WWE and WWF, they've never acknowledged other promotions on their air before. So that's why. Like, um, Matt Hardy saying he'll see you at Ring of Honor when he attacked Edge. <laughs> it's very rare when they do. But ba- especially when they're WWF back in the early 90s, it was. Nothing else existed. It was just WWF. Yeah, nothing else did exist. But the, the, that's why they they had to like make it a big deal with Ric Flair as the true champion. They they brought in the NWA Championship because he was the champion, but they never really acknowledged that was great. it. Loved it. And then the same thing with um, oh god, with uh, with uh, like a blanking out in the name, the original King of the Ring, um, Harley Race. Harley Race. Thank you. I'm getting too hyped up right now. Harley Race. The whole thing is he obviously had a huge legacy before in wrestling. They couldn't acknowledge his past before, so that's why they came up with the whole King of the Ring concept to begin with. You're really getting heated here. Because it's just, I guess, I, I don't know. 
maybe maybe I'm not fully a Hulk Hogan guy. I mean, I appreciate what he's done for the industry and, and everything. There there would be no wrestling without Hulk Hogan, but it's it's not fair to say there would be no wrestling without Ric Flair. There would be wrestling with Ric Flair. Territorially wise. Oh my god. You'd be paying money to see Ric Flair in Florida and then following him to Chicago. Not on the national global scale that it is, thanks to Hulk Hogan. Wow. We can, we can talk all night. We got a po- I got a podcast to do. Let's go downstairs to the bar and continue this conversation. Although, I think it'll be the same shit. Agree to disagree. Can we just agree to disagree? I, I'm curious to hear what everyone else thinks. Let's let's dial it up, man. You can't say that. You have to say the phone number afterwards. I don't know the phone number. So. <laughs> I was hoping you'd take it over from there. So, again, our social media is A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, Shot of Wrestling, No Way on Twitter, A Shot of Wrestling on YouTube. We're always on our social media. Get involved in the conversation. We want to hear what you have to say next week. Hopefully share your comments or concerns. So for Green Man, for the potential Vanity Two Belts, I am the Hollywood Mark Schwan. And I've been your host at Muggage Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. All right, it's been a great episode already, but we are not done yet. We still have Vanity here with us, and it's last call, so it's the first thing that comes to your mind, and it's the first thing you're going to answer. Vanity, are you ready? I am totally ready. And away we go. What song hypes you up? Any Cardi B song, but right now I would have to say money. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Wow, the uh, LFL, the Laundry Football League. <laughs> Ooh, nice. What is the best costume you have ever pulled off for Halloween? Um, I was Lita for um, Halloween. Name a food that you can eat every day for the rest of your life. Tofu chicken nuggets. What is your motto in life? Live every day as if it's your last. I could totally dig that. What's your favorite karaoke song? I love rock and roll. What is the best feature on a man? His heart. Aw. What is the worst pickup line you have ever received? Wow. Um, just anything cheap. Anything <laughs> cheap as hell. It doesn't even matter what it is. Like, come, like, come with it if you're trying to come to vanity. <laughs> and finally, who is your celebrity crush? Oh, my God. That's a good question. Me. Yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Vanity, for joining us on this episode of The Shot of Wrestling. And we're going to see a lot more of you definitely in BCW because you are the number one contender. Most definitely. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>